Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energized by Celsius, I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me today is a man that needs no introduction at all. He's the dominator of defense. Surveying these practices with an eagle eye, Matthew Matera. Great to have you on the show today with me, obviously breaking down all things Bucks titans and these epic practices, joint practices that have happened, including quite a large number of fights today, Matt. What do we do with that information? Yeah, the intensity was very high. I know we were at a football practice, but it kind of felt like we were at the MGM Grand in Vegas about to watch a UFC pay-per-view or the, the latest, greatest boxing fight. I know boxing uh, starting to die down, not as many stars, but the stars were involved in these fights today. You know, you had Antonio Brown. He got things, uh, he got things swinging off, no pun intended, with uh, that picture that has now surfaced the internet of him yeah. swinging as Bruce Aaron said, he was just swatting flies. I've barely, I've observed, uh, I think I saw it quickly, but that was about it. I have not seen a great. Yeah, it, it's a heck of a photo, heck of a punch too. It kind of nailed squarely. Yeah, Bruce said he didn't, he didn't throw any punches. Nope, Bruce nope, said, no I'm, throws, no, no, no punches. punches. Uh, Herb Miller was the second fight. Ryan Jensen, I believe was the, the third fight. He was defending uh, Leonard Fournette because Simmons was holding on to him too long. And then last, but certainly not least, Devin White did his best Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle impersonation and suplexed, we think, Jeremy McNichols. That's what our guy, Zach Blobner, was saying. He thought it was Jeremy McNichols. <laughs> to be Xbox. honest, yeah, the Xbox. So you could draw all the storylines you want from there. I believe... So when I saw it, the players had already like piled up, so it was tough to tell... like who was pushing who and everything mm -hmm. like that. I do know, obviously, Devin White was involved. Uh, I believe it was Will Golston had to rip him away from the pile and, and get him away from everyone else. But Devin White said after practice that he saw a couple Titans players go after... He didn't even know, just a, a guy in the secondary on the Bucks, And the leader that Devin White is went in fearlessly, not even knowing who he was defending, but he knew he was defending a Bucks player. Right, And he went out there and did his thing. It was a very high-energy practice, a well-focused practice for the Bucs. I mean, all the fighting notwithstanding. Oh, right. I mean, they needed to bounce back after a less-than-stellar performance the day before. And I think we're all in agreement here that the, the Bucs, they... They, they won the day. Yeah, they, uh, they kicked the backside of the Titans today. They did. Very appropriate language there, Matt. Uh, they did. They, they It was a dominant day for the Bucs. It was the kind of day they're capable of, Matt, if they yeah. are not shooting themselves in the foot. If they're not dropping the ball, making mistakes, turning the ball over even, that was a little bit of an issue yesterday. I went think, thinking back through practice. I don't think we talked about that uh, as much as we should have maybe yesterday. But, yeah, if they can cut those things out, then we're talking about a really dominant football team. Tennessee's it was hard to evaluate Tennessee offensively, at least. I thought defense. They were missing so many guys yeah, on I mean, offense. No Julio Jones, no AJ Brown, Derrick Henry. No Derrick Henry, right? Uh, no Ben Jones, their center. No Nate Davis, their right guard, I believe. Like, they didn't have, you know, half their starters on offense. So, you know, take it for what it what it is. But both sides of the box, I mean, they took care of business, right? They did what they needed to do and took care of business. We'll talk about all the specifics of that. But first, our friends over at Celsius are sponsored. Oh, you podcast. got the blueberry. As they sponsor every podcast, yes, I got the blueberry pomegranate, the nice. Celsius Heat Edition, and you're about to hear the ice cold sounds of a ah, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, make y'all want to go get a Celsius. 
pull it out of your fridge. I'm excited to dig it. I need it today because it's been a grueling week down of practices and the heat and everything. And Celsius gives you the energy that you need without any of the bad stuff, without any of the drop off, no sugar, great taste, accelerates metabolism, uh, is proven performance uh, energy that you get from the Celsius energy drinks. And I'm telling you what, the boost that I've gotten from them has changed the game for me, Matt. They have been essential for me. Uh, Scott was talking yesterday about, or the other day about how he doesn't drink coffee anymore. Um, and uh, Celsius has replaced it for him. And it's done wonders for, for all of us on staff, to be honest. Yes, so it has. We're excited about Celsius as always. And it also came home to the news that the fast energy bars are back in the Ledyard household. We've got more Woo! couple boxes arrived. We've got the salted caramel peanut crunch that uh, is back in an action. So if you're looking for the energy drinks or you're looking for the protein bars from Celsius, you can click on the link below in this YouTube description and get to those fast energy bars and make sure that you can get the variety packs. So you can get a little bit of the salted caramel peanut crunch, a little bit of the white chocolate cookies and cream because they're both awesome. If you're looking for Celsius energy drinks, click on the banner ads at pewterreport.com or go to celsius.com, use the store locator option, find out where they are near you. All right, so of these five practices, fights that happened today at practice, Matt, what was the what stood out to you here? I mean, like, what were there any real? I mean, to me, the best one was Devin White, like suplexing someone. Yeah, I mean, anytime you could implement a wrestling move into a whole a whole skirmish, as people like to call it, I think that's got to be the best one. Yeah. Um. Honestly, the one between the one with Herb Miller, I thought was pretty good because Bruce Arian said after practice, uh, for context they were in a special teams drill where it was a gunner going up against one or two blockers, depending on which side of the field you were on. And both guys were just locked up and, you know, helmet face mask to face mask, just going at each other. And one drove the other one into the ground and they were rolling around and stuff like that. Uh, A little bit more of pushing and shoving, but Bruce Aaron said after practice that fights always happen in that drill, the gunner drill fights always always happens a lot of times in the vice and the gunner and they're trying to yeah it's physically like you're trying to you know beat each other it's usually guys that are fighting to make this team in the first place so it's not like they're saying hey i'm gonna get in a fight before practice because hopefully it'll impress the coaches but when you got when you have players that are putting it all out on the line because they don't know if they're gonna make the team uh it, it adds to an already heightened intensity again because the bucks wanted to bounce back from yesterday's practice so yeah, it was fun. Uh, there's nothing like a, a good fight to you know get the blood flowing, get get the juices going. So you um, see how you saw the picture where Brown connected with the guy? Yeah. Oh, I'm bringing it up. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the show. We're doing some live uh, producing here, ladies. Doing and some live editing. You're getting to see how the sausage is made a little bit. It here. was crazy too because it all happened so quickly, and uh, we try to split it up at Peter Report because with the joint practices, you obviously had the Bucks offense it's on one like side. You were saying that we tried to split up the fights. <laughs> like, oh, because you, well. you said we tried to split. It happened quickly, and we tried to split it up. Like I wasn't getting in the middle. No, I would have been like, yeah, like swing again, swing again. <laughs> That's right. So what were you saying? We were yeah, we were spread out over the practice. Yeah. And so yeah, so was... you had the Bucks offense on the left field field one, and the Bucks defense was out on field two. So we we split it up in the sense of John, you were looking at more of the offense today over on the left hand side. I was a little more with the defense in the middle. A lot of the fights happened on the left hand side. I was only there for like the Devin White one, so. I'm a little jealous that you got to see all these scraps. I did get to see probably more scraps than you. I got to see Ryan Jensen and Jeffrey Simmons go toe to toe. That was one that I'd been 
that I've been hoping and wishing yeah. for. That was because Leonard Fournette took a carry and he got around the right side and it was kind of a decent game. And then Jeffrey Simmons came over and pursued and he kind of grabbed him and they kind of had words and, you know, Leonard, he's not backing down from anybody. So of course. then Jensen just comes running over and is like, nah, that's enough. Like, and he just like laid into Simmons and then, you know, everybody in each team is coming, uh, pulling each other apart and all that kind of stuff, you know, but the thing that gets me mad that cracks me up, honestly, about all this is when, um, when Devin White in that skirmish happened, that whole did you see the whole Bucks defense come running? Like, yeah, they were all on like full sprint. Like, all hey, the they're a squad, over. man. They, uh, I mean, it was a long distance with to other. run. Like, it was they were like on this sideline, and then the action was like all the way across the field on the opposite sideline. And like every dude on the team without hesitation is like full sprint. And that's why I was like, oh, this one's going to be like for real. So I like started yeah. like jogging over to where you were. And I was like, oh, this one's going to actually be people throwing down because they just arrived so fast. I thought it was going to get pretty violent, but it actually didn't get that. No, nothing got out of hand. I would say I missed. I didn't see yeah. the Antonio Brown one. It looks like he did absolutely clobber this dude. Um, I'm trying to get the picture pulled up here, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty, uh, entertaining for sure wait definitely be, i hope they do join practices every day man I mean, oh yeah be, that would be awesome it got to the point where after the devin white fight it was like anytime you saw a couple of players and normally it would just be you know the defensive line subbing in for guys that were already in or or the offensive line something like that but anytime you saw a couple of players running towards a couple of players on the other team I thought, okay, we're doing this again. This is round five. Oh, this is round six. Round seven coming up next. It just, once you get a couple of fights, it, it you see it in hockey all the time. Like, mm-hmm. If two teams are arguing with each other, one team will drop the gloves. But if it, get, it gets to a lopsided type of game, you'll see a couple more fights after that. In this joint practice, you're obviously not keeping score, but it was clear that the Bucks were were really giving it to the Titans. So that I think that sparked a couple more of those fights. But I'm surprised we didn't get one or two more. I was waiting for maybe for the coaches to stop practice and start yelling at everyone because of the fight. Yeah, there's the picture here. <laughs> Look at that. He landed that flush. Covered him. As a left-hander myself, thing. I appreciate I it. I've, I watched a lot of Antonio Brown practices in Pittsburgh, and he would often get crazy in practice, way crazier than he gets in games. Honestly, Antonio Brown like, never gets penalties in games. He doesn't taunt. like Even when he's been mic'd up, nothing. Like It's so weird how he's totally different in the game setting. Like It's very strange. Like he's, I don't think I ever saw him in Pittsburgh get an altercation with a DB that I can think of. Like After the game, he's always like praising the guys he plays against up and down. But, I mean, that is a – that is a like left hook just flush yeah. on the jaw there. Like, and you know what? Body a, got clobbered. A smart move by AB too. I mean, I I think some people were saying that he took off the other guy's helmet. Yeah, he did. I think smart I move. I mean, if you want to throw a punch, your receiver, you need your hands to catch the ball. You don't want to punch a guy in the helmet. You want to punch him square in the face. Let's see how many people in the chat are yelling at us for talking about fighting like this. Nah, I'm just. I I practice. I'm telling you, I love it. No, he shouldn't have punched anybody. You know, I don't know what that guy did before. I don't know what if he threw a punch. Like I said, I didn't see it live, but I mean, you're scrapping a practice. That's that's the way it goes down. And so Bruce Arians downplayed it all after, and he was like, "Yeah, no big deal." Um, He also said, "You know, somebody's." I think John Lane asked him, "Oh, you're an AB threw a punch or whatever," and he was like, "Nah, he was just swatting flies." Yeah, wonder what he's gonna say when he sees that picture. (laughs) He's gonna keep that, but luckily he doesn't have to talk to the media tomorrow. I don't think so. 
No, it'll not be, until Saturday after the game. It'll be a dead story by then. Worked out for him. But no, I think that uh, today was honestly, though, I don't want all that to overshadow the fact that it was just a really dominant football performance by the Bucs. You know, let's start just with what we saw in one on ones. Um, I was watching the Bucks offense again today because you were watching defense. Scott wasn't there today. So it was just a two man uh, army and we were kind of spread out. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, offensively for the Bucs, the one on ones, it was kind of, you know, Mike Evans just came out with such a purpose, man. Like he was that first pass. Yeah. We it, didn't was the, get... it was the polar opposite, John, of yesterday because yeah, Evans was. got the first rep yesterday. Yep. And again, he won it. He, he won it on a slant wide open, dropped it, dropped it today. A different route. He was uh, in the end zone, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, a ball was just thrown to him like deep down the field. He went up and he got it, caught it. The defender was on him and everything. But I don't know, something with him just making that first play in the game it, or in the practice, it mm-hmm. it, it, cha- it changed the momentum. It's like, OK. Mike's back. Mike's got it today. And it obviously right. that he went on to have a, yeah. a oh, tremendous practice. I mean, yeah, I caught, made the first great catch, a contested grab. I think it was over Christian Fulton uh, for the Titans. Then, you know, was mossed a couple other people. I mean, he didn't catch, he didn't drop anything all day. And not only that, I don't think the ball hit the ground when he was targeted today. Not, and I never saw it hit the ground if he was targeted today. Team sessions, one on ones, it didn't matter. He was a monster. And team set in the one on ones, he made like three crazy catches, um, consistently getting separation, great routes. They did the red zone one on ones, the like from the five or 10 yard line one on ones. He was dusting guys in those. I mean, he caught everything. And Titans couldn't stop Bucks at all in the red zone. Did they, was there an incomplete? Oh, Jalen Darden didn't come up with a tough one. He should have caught tw- twice. Actually, it was Jalen Darden twice mm-hmm. in the red zone. Like from the 10 in, the quarterbacks were throwing to receivers with DBs covering them. And twice, I think Darden should have had the ball. He, he ran great routes. In fact, the coach even screamed on one of them, great route, Jalen. And then he couldn't finish the catch. Nah. He created the separation. He just tough catches that like going to the ground. One was a full extension grab, but hit him in the hands both times. He's got to start finishing tougher catches, not necessarily to impress. I think he's already impressed. But because Tyler Johnson is coming, I mean, it's happening, Matt. Like, oh, yeah. The Tyler Johnson we hope to see at the beginning of camp that came in out of shape, that might have fallen behind Jalen Darden early on, that was definitely behind Scotty Miller, that we were like, man, is he a lock? Like, Jaden Mickens was out playing him for most of the camp. Now it is clear. Like, Tyler Johnson has made it clear this week he played well in the game. I think they missed him for a deep shot. Kyle Trask missed him. He was well open in that game a couple times and was missed. Um, he's played tremendous football this week and the joint practices have been his best like he was absolutely in fact i'm trying to get a route a video of a route he ran uh uploaded was it in the one-on-ones one-on-ones because i saw that one as well he he double moved and cooked some had the guy on roller skates looking around like seeing what went on he deserves a a great contested catch in the back corner of the end zone the officials said he was out Stroud, Rick Stroud had a video of it, and I thought he was clearly in for the video. Yeah, you can't totally see his toes, but it doesn't look close. I thought he was definitely in watching live too. I think everybody did, and um, so it was. Yeah, but he was. Oh man, he was awesome today. Tyler Johnson deserves a ton of credit for the way that he turned everything around. Because yeah. starting training camp, he came in. Uh, yeah, there was the whole weight thing. Um, it took him a little bit to re ramp things up, but when he's been on, man, he's been on. It's been no better showing than over these last two days. Seems like Johnson sometimes needs a little bit of uh, like motivation for him to really kick it into the high gear that we've seen him and, and just dominate out there. I mean, the one-handed catch he made yesterday was fantastic. It was yeah. arguably the play of the day. Oh, my gosh. And One then the to, uh, yeah. that route today, when he He's left had, that guy, 
Yeah, he dusted huh. him. I'm trying to get it uploaded for people so they could see it. But I mean, he he was exceptional today, and it's really been that way. Kind of, you know, the route running's there with him. It was there in college too. But he doesn't have great size or great athleticism, but he's good enough in both those areas. But his ball skills are just, yeah. I mean, again, it's why he's so similar to Chris Godwin. I would say Chris Godwin has great size, better size than Tyler Johnson, and probably better athleticism, but still not like Tyler. Chris Johnson's not like a freak in those ways, or Chris Godwin, but Tyler Johnson is similar in that way, and that neither are freaks, but both block. Oh, both are blockers. Both both can run good routes. Both can play inside or outside and contested catches ball skills. I mean, ball skills, it's more than just contested catches, but it's yeah. just the ability to find and track and adjust and time your jumps. Like Mike Evans gets a ton of credit for that. But I, you know, I I've said this to you. I think Chris Godwin is a much better contested catch receiver and ball skills receiver than God, than uh, Evans even is. I mean, Godwin, you can make the argument. He's the best in the league in that area. He or Allen Robinson, probably Penn state guys. Um, there you go. But yeah, I think Tyler Johnson is very, very, I think he's about to put, his name in that conversation when he gets, when he gets those kind of opportunities. Cause I mean, I think back to his, the best catches of camp and he's had at least four uh, where they've been all just crazy adjustments outside his frame, coming back for a ball, snagging it with one hand, you know, leaping just timing. Again, he's not a great leaper, but timing and full extension. I was going to say his his timing is great. Cause I do see, I, I know you were just comparing him to Godwin. I do see though, a little bit of, of Mike Evans in him, the way he's able to track that ball. And like you said, maybe not the best jumper, but his timing is everything. And it almost reminds me in a way in basketball, when you're throwing an alley-oop and you got to get the timing right, or you're in the dunk contest and you got to bounce the ball high up in the air, but you got to time it right. So you get at the air in the right time or whatever move you're trying to go to. It's almost like he's taking a basketball approach to it. A lot of people like to say that he, he plays above the rim. And yeah. I see that. I understand that's that what people how people are trying to describe him with that. He keeps doing it. So, I mean, if he comes up on Saturday with a with another big game, I think it's fair to pencil him into that number five receiver spot ahead of Darden. Because I think beforehand we had Darden ahead sure. of Johnson. But is it could, higher? Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean. We I mean, know Scotty's going to be the the deep threat down the field, but Bruce Arians wants him to ha- make more of these grimy catches. And honestly, in these two joint practices, I haven't seen too much of Scotty Miller where I've seen a lot of Tyler Johnson. We've seen a lot of the big three receivers. So I'm not ready to pencil him into number four yet, but he's yeah. knocking on that door, right. I think. It's going to be, yeah. He, I mean, last year was he and Scotty kind of splitting things at the end of the year. It's it's hard because we just need we've seen what Scotty Miller can do. We know what value he brings to the field. Yeah. And it's but it's in a role, right? So if Tyler Johnson's gonna be like all around dominant like he's been lately in practice, then okay, we're having a different conversation, you know, about him. But at the same time, hard to play him over all the other guys that the Bucks have too. And so it, it becomes kind of a glut at the position if no injuries occur. Hard to He was pretty good today, too. <laughs> that guy did before, all right. He was very busy the today. I'd say Antonio Brown was, it was understandable why the Titans DBs were a little heated because uh, they were getting cooked uh, for sure by AB. I mean, he was, it's been both way. Practices have been that way. One on ones, forget about it. I'm trying to get another video of AB uploaded as well, too, if I can, uh, but uh, of a great catch that he made in practice. But yeah. Uh, and uh, this guy was pretty good, too, Matt. 
I mean, that's just an unreal play. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, that's Janoris Jenkins in coverage there on that one. Uh, the last one was Titans first rounder, Caleb Farley. But uh, it was that kind of a practice. I mean, it was the one-on-ones were extremely one-sided and uh, amazing uh, to watch, to be honest. Uh, you know, it was um, just a show from start to finish. And the adrenaline and the speed of the reps and that AB, you know, always talking trash and yeah, it was uh, it was awesome to watch. Uh, the whole thing was a blast. Um, the practice today, and then they go to the team sessions. And I'll say a little bit offensively what I saw from the team sessions. But first, let me t- tell me what you saw in Titans wide receivers versus Bucks DBs one on ones. Because yes, these drills are slanted to the offense to a degree, but also no AJ Brown, no Julio Jones. The Titans depth at receiver is like Marcus Johnson and Nick. He uh, forget Westbrook something. Yeah. You know, and and uh, Jester Rogers and. Um, Josh Reynolds. So, you know, what did you see from those guys? Yeah. So when I got over there and I was watching the the individuals for the Bucks corners against the Titans wide receivers, they were actually running uh, red zone drills. So everything was pretty much done in the end zone. The Bucks gave up some ground. I know Sean Murphy bunting got beat on a play or two. Uh, D Delaney was going up against Rogers and Rogers had beat him, but uh, Delaney was able to like knock the ball out last minute. I believe it was Delaney on that play. Uh, Carlton Davis actually, I thought, had a really good showing. He had two pass breakups in it, uh, both times well covered on the play and was able to really do his thing. It was more the seven on sevens where I, I really think the Bucks secondary really all got it together. Mike Edwards had a big interception. Uh, he was covering the tight end, and this was Tannehill, a quarterback, too. It wasn't later on in practice, the Bucks really picked on the backup quarterbacks for the Titans but this one Edwards got on Tannehill he was looking for the tight end he had him fully covered which I thought was really good and in the seven on sevens the Bucs honestly didn't really have too many pass breakups but I will say I thought their coverage was very tight I thought Jamel Dean did a very good job SMB picked it up Um, even the second string guys too you had Kevin Minter and Joe Jones they are sorry Kevin Minter and KJ Britt were in coverage doing a very solid job Antonio Brown was doing his thing. Delaney did very well. I'm trying to think who else I had. Uh, They had Elijah Ponder in coverage. He didn't get too many targets this way. I was was intrigued to see what Elijah Ponder could do. We look at him as a pass rusher, but as you know, outside linebackers are asked to play in coverage. Didn't see really too many targets his way. And uh, Javon Hagan, I thought, did pretty well too. They were all, listen, every now and then, yeah, they would allow the the underneath pass, but that's going to happen in seven on seven. Right. When there's You're no pass rush or anything like that. At one point, they had everyone covered the and again, in the seven on seven, the quarterback had to just tuck it and scramble. And so when you're covering that well in a seven on seven situation, I thought they did a great job with that. None of these corners who have gotten burned in the past, none of them got burned for the big play. Meanwhile, I look over to my left and I see Gronk making a catch 20, 30 yards downfield. There was no big play loss by the defense, especially in seven on seven. I wouldn't say really too many people like stood out more than anyone else besides like the Edwards interception and the interceptions in the red zone that we'll get to later. I really thought it was a collective effort of communication everyone guarding their guy. And like I said, no one got beat deep. No one got beat badly. I don't really think there was a gain of more than maybe 10 yards during that session. Yeah. That's uh, really what you want to see because in these practices, especially like 
you know, they're trying to hit these shots, right? You can check down all day and that, that happens. And sometimes it's the right read. Like sometimes in seven V seven, I see other reporters get frustrated because it's like, Oh, he's checking down. Well, no, that's the, they need to be able to go through those progressions. He's checking safeties. It's a vertical play. It's not there. You check it down quickly. Like, Oh, he's checking down right away. No, the faster you get to your check down, the more yardage your check down can pick up. So like, that's part yeah. of the, the progression. Um, so that some of that stuff's good, but when you're not giving up any of those explosive plays and you look over on the other side of the field and twice Mike Evans has dusted Caleb Farley for huge <laughs> touchdowns and Rob Gronkowski's running by Kevin Byard, who's a really good safety for a touchdown, you know, down the middle, Chris Godwin's getting his as well. Um, so you've got a stark comparison in terms of how the two teams preferred uh, performed, obviously no Julio Jones and no AJ Brown makes a huge difference. We're not going to sit here and act like it does not. We yeah. can only evaluate what's in front of us. But if those two are out there, I think the Titans offensive experience is probably pretty different. Yeah, I should say, too, the, the Bucks did a great job stopping the run, which, of course, is their bread and butter. But again, Derrick Henry wasn't out there and they were missing their starting offensive lineman. With that said, it was a lot of the backups or I guess, yeah, pretty much the backups that were making the, the big plays along the defensive line. Nacho had a really big day. Pat O'Connor had a big day. Bruce Aarons was very complimentary of Khalil Davis after. These guys were really pushing the pocket, well, not the pocket, the line of scrimmage back on these run plays. They're getting in the backfield often. You heard Nacho screaming a lot because you know he's going to celebrate <laughs> when he makes a play. You could kind of be on any of the fields and you just hear like you one person yelling and you're like, all right, that's Nacho. Nacho made a play. But he he really showed up. I mean, Obviously, a little bit limited when it comes to the, the his pass rushing ability. But overall, he knows his job to stop the run. That's exactly what he did today. Same with Pat O'Connor. That's what Pat O'Connor was doing in the game. He was getting to the backfield. Now it's going to be a matter of actually tackling the ball carrier. Again, in these practices, you're hitting, but you're not like always taking the guy to the ground unless it's Devin White in a fight. But um, <laughs> yeah, overall, like a very good job by the, the the defensive line to stop the run. It, it just speaks to the whole narrative of that practice of everyone on the Bucks roster stepped their game up. They put yesterday in the rearview mirror and, and brought all of their focus and energy today. And you really saw it on every, in every single drill. You really did. Yeah. And that's what they're capable of. You know what I mean? That's, that's why it's encouraging because it's what they're capable of if they're focused and they're getting, Red zone period, right, Matt, for example, like the red zone period was that's a period the Bucks work red zone stuff. More. Like I said, I've I, all the time. I, yeah. When I used to cover the Steelers, they never worked red zone stuff as much as the Bucks do. And I think it's why it's the crazy. Bucks are so good in that area of the field. They work on when they work on their routes. They work on a lot of them in the red zone just so people understand timing, space, all those kind of things. Here's the boundaries. Here's where you stop. Here's where you expect the ball. So they drill around that area. So they perform well in that area as a result in games, I think. And it shows both days of practice. They've done even when yesterday when they were bad overall, they were good in the red zone period. Um, and then same thing, you know, today. I mean, today the starting offense. So they did a six play series. OK, so yeah. Bucks offense got six reps. Titans offense got six reps. They went three reps each with the first team offense, both sides. Obviously, the Titans down a bunch of people. The Bucks offense, uh, was, and they alternated after every rep. So Bucks got a rep, Titans got a rep. We actually missed the first rep because we were getting in position. The Bucks scored, but we don't know who scored. I think it was Jaden Mickens from what people were saying, but I don't know why he was out there with the first group. So I don't. Maybe that's wrong. Um, and then the Titans got on, and Levante David picked it off, picked off yep. Daniel. Bucks came back and they scored uh, to Godwin. Was, yeah, Godwin, Godwin over the, the middle. Zone. 
Yep, over the middle. Well, back over the middle, but in the back of the end. In the back, yeah. right. Uh, then B- Titans came back, and Tannehill actually threw up like a floater that he kind of let the receiver. It was that Nick um, Nick. Uh, what's his name? I had my roster out. I know. I uh, have Westbrook my roster. E- it's like hyphenated Westbrook Enier or something like that. Yeah, I've yeah, actually yeah. never heard of him, and I know like ninety percent of the players in the league, and I don't know who he is. But he ran under the ball and caught it in the back corner of the end zone. Mike Edwards almost broke it up, even though it was in a very hard, great location by Daniel. Great throw. Yeah. Um, and so that was one touchdown. And then the Bucs came back. They threw a screen underneath the Gronk and scored uh, a little slip screen type of deal. They yep. got a couple linemen out in front of him, and he scored easily. And uh, then the, so that was three for three for the starting offense for the Bucs. Then the Titans came back, and they found, they did find – it took them a second, but Tannehill zipped one into Chester Rogers in that zone hole. I don't know how Levante David. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say is Levante David was so angry after the play. He just missed it. He had his arm out, Mm. just missed hitting the ball. I don't know if the what how hard it was thrown. I don't know if Levante would have been able to intercept it, but he at least would have broken up. It it was crazy. He was so close to getting it, and uh, I'm sure he will in the game. Yeah, but that made it almost uh, that too. Yeah, but that was really almost broken up, I guess. But yeah, that was the Titans' last touchdown, though. That was in, it. And then they prep. threw, then the backups came in. It was the, I think, did the Bucs do Gabbard all three, right? The yes. Gabbard got all three yeah. for the Bucs. They threw short of the end zone to Keyshawn Vaughn. He was knocked out like the half yard line, I think. By yeah, Rashawn pretty Evans. much. And then Titans came back and Nate Brooks picked him, picked off uh, Logan Woodside, right? Yes. Nate Brooks with the first one. Yeah. Nate Brooks picked off the first one. And then Bucks came back and Gabbard got yep. sacked. He got sacked. Yeah. And then. But Titans came back with Woodside again, and he got picked again. Not a great D Delaney, yeah. Two so reps to the red zone, and you throw up. And they were both horrible picks. Not to take away both from like uh, the guys were in position. Hey, yeah, they hey, listen, they they made the plays. The ball comes to them. You got to come up with it. Oh yeah. But it was one of those. It was like, why did he throw that in the first place? You know, uh, Delaney had his guy covered the whole time. He was yeah. about a yard or two in the end zone. So. Yeah. And he was throwing all the way across to the left. So yep. so it wasn't Logan Woodside's best. Then Gabbert came back and Tyler Johnson, somebody blew a coverage. I didn't see who it was, but he was wide open in the end zone. It's an easy touchdown. Yeah. And then Titans came back out and it was incomplete pass from good old Matt Barkley. We didn't even know it was on. The yeah, Titans. we were uh, we were very surprised to see <laughs> the former USC quarterback. That's always one of the fun things you get out. You're like, oh, this guy, I remember him. Yeah. Like, he's trying to make ah, good, like good for you. You're still in the league. Like, yeah, I mean, he's behind good. Logan Woodside. He looked literally like a small child out of the field. I, yeah, what that is was. I think it was the number five as well that played into it, being that single digit number, and you're already like a smaller player. What you need list, to get you need to get double digits there. What are they listing him at? Six one two thirteen. I don't know. Look, look, no way, no chance. That guy it was a small quarterback, but um, yeah. so yeah, the t- so the Bucks did really well in the red zone period. I think offensively and defensively, you come up with three turnovers. I don't care who's playing, you come up with three turnovers in the red zone period uh, out of six plays. I think your coach is going to be really, really thrilled with what you did, especially stopping them four times. So yeah, I think there's lots of good things um, from today's practice for the Bucks, but that was probably one that stood out to me was ending practice like that. The fact that they cut down completely on drops. I know a bunch of people asked earlier. Sorry, I'm just getting to it now. But yeah, I mean, it was drops were right. I mean, that was there was like none today, right? I mean, I'm trying the early Ro- practice Rojo, on air. Rojo did. Rojo right? had one, yeah, on air. It was like on right air. as we started taking video too. I'm like, oh, 
you had to drop one right away. It was like, it's going to be that kind of a day. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thankfully it was not really. They, the bucks cleaned it up for sure. They absolutely righted pretty much every single wrong that they had from the day before. I, it it was encouraging to see, because I I know they're the Super Bowl champs and everything, but yeah, they talk about stacking days, but if you have two bad practices in a row, that's, that's really You're bad right. for morale, especially going into a preseason game where the starters aren't going to be playing. So, you know, they're going to be itching. They want to get back out to practice and, and make sure they correct all of their mistakes. Right. Uh, it, it was it was great to really see how they responded in today's practice. You know what else is bad for morale, Matt? When you're not covered by your insurance because you haven't taken 10 minutes to talk to Briar Greaves to see if they can save you money in the midst of hurricane season on your insurance. It doesn't even matter if it's life, homeowners, auto, or even commercial insurance. Briar and Sam Greaves and their staff are the best in the Bay Area and big Bucks fans. It'll take you 10 minutes to get a quote or compare your current policy, and that 10 minutes could turn into hundreds of dollars in savings. Don't wait. Call Briar Greaves today at 813-876-4166 and find out how much money you can put back in your pocket. 30 years in business and Bucks season ticket holders. Call Briar or Sam today, 813-876-4166. It's just a phone call, but if you can save some money on your insurance, do it. Give Briar and Sam a call. Figure out what you can do with your insurance to put a little more money in your pocket, a little more spending money, so you can take it from Scott Reynolds and Underdog Fantasy Leagues. You said, oh, look at that, right from advertiser to advertiser, but actually we're not even necessarily promoting Underdog Fantasy today because my email is literally to the brim with people looking to join the fantasy football leagues, which I'm pumped about. Yeah, we appreciate I, it. All the fans yeah, out there that have been, been signing great. up. That's, yeah, uh, that's fantastic. People, yeah. So I will promo that again once I get our league sorted out and figure out how to put all. We might do two of these big money leagues. You might be able to take Scott's money twice. So that's going to be a fun little opportunity. But appreciate everybody sending me that email and wanting to be involved in those leagues. I'll have more about that on another show in the near future. All right, so what what conclusions are we ready to draw? We're not going to see any starters on on Saturday, so let's let's step away from the backups and the depth guys right now. I know there were some that will stand out, but we'll talk about them almost all day Saturday. Like right now, as you're looking at things, Matt, and you're looking at how the top guys have performed, the guys that are unlikely to play on Saturday, is are there where are there question marks for you still? Where are you worried about this team and looking at the starters on offense and defense? Is there anything? I know it's hard to find stuff because this team's so good, but is there anything that stands out to you? It's like, I need a couple of these things answered as we get closer to the regular season. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think, as you said, this team is so good, but not everything's going to go perfect. So if there are areas of concern, I guess for the rest of this training camp or heading into the season, one I would say would be not necessarily the running game of who's going to be running the ball, but just the overall, this goes back to Leftwich a little bit. Just the overall lack, uh, the, the overall predictability factor of the run game and the fact that there's not a lot of motion, even though we know there will be motion, regardless of what Byron Leftwich said. The fact that it's a little predictable and they, that they run on first down so often, I think the Bucks could run into a situation where they end up in these third and long situations because they're not changing it up in the run game a little bit. Another thing that I'm keeping my eye on, I'm not ready to call it a concern yet, but the amount of drops that Jalen Darden has had, I Mm. think we have to pay attention to it. And I know he's electric, he can get open, and he makes the highlight reel catches too. He makes some awesome catches where it's like, how did he come down with this? Wow, he just leaped up higher in the air than 
only, I've only seen Michael Jordan jump higher than Jalen Darden, oh and he my. makes these catches. <laughs> Did hyperbole. Not that one on hyperbole. The <laughs> but it's it's the routine catches that sometimes that he's not making, and I I I think it's way too early for this. But eventually down the road, I don't want him to become this this labeled receiver of really fast can get open, but has issues catching the ball. Because that's like a you know you could look at Nelson Aguilar, or I don't know. There's other receivers out there that have had that issue. You don't really want to be, become that on the defensive right. side of the ball. I guess really one of the, the top things that would really jump out to me is what they're going to do with the second cornerback situation if, if they don't really trust whether they want to put SMB there, but they really like SMB in the slot oh, corner. Okay, got you. Oh yeah, sorry. The, I thought the you corner. said quarterback. And no, no, no. I think they're they're, they're pretty good at quarterback. I would say. Yeah. But just Jamel Dean playing a lot with the second string guys, and I know Bruce Arians said, "Oh well, he didn't get enough reps with the first team." I don't a hundred percent agree with all of that, but you know, if they if there's a regression from any of those two guys, then you have a little bit of an issue in the secondary where you're just trusting these guys. And you don't really have too many other options unless you want to bring Cockrell back from safety to corner. I think that will happen by the way. I think Cockrell yeah. will come back to corner, but it is, it's getting to the point where we need to ask Ashley, we need to ask Aaron's about this, you know, because it, is he going to practice at all at corner? Like, is that going to happen? You know, I mean, we haven't seen it too much, so right. It seems a bit odd that he wouldn't at least get a couple of reps there. Right. I mean, what did how did he look at one on ones today? Did you get a chance to see him in any reps? I didn't see too much of him in one on ones. I know at one point they they weren't even doing one on ones. They were doing two against two, but again in the red zone, and he got beat on yeah. a slant, and he swiped at the ball after, but the guy held on to it for the catch. It's pretty uh, hard in that area. <laughs> no yeah, exactly. Yeah. And... It's like the, you know, the essential pick plays type of stuff. So, yeah. Um, no, that's good. I mean, you're right. That's DBs, right? Secondary generals concern, right? I mean, that's, you need to be able to have answers if Jamal Dean isn't going to play well, you know, and, and if SMB is right. not going to play well too. I mean, SMB's had a good camp, I think. I'm not sure how he looked in the one-on-ones, but I know yesterday he broke up a couple passes driving on the ball. That's not something he really ever did last year. Just, just straight up reading and driving on the ball. You know, I, that's just by itself is encouraging to me, right? That that he d- can do that. But I don't know how he's done. And I know still finding the ball with his back to it down the field is still a challenge. I know he gave up a touchdown today like that. Yeah, SMB got beat a little bit in the one on ones from from the area that I was able to see. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean that the sky is falling? No, absolutely not. Corners are at a bit Especially of Especially in one-on-ones. Like, yeah, of course. We're never going to take I think much. the issue for the Bucks really is last year. Last year it all panned out, but they went into the season with the risk of, yeah, this is a young corner group that's not really fully established yet, and we're just hoping that it works out. And it did. There was still a lot of peaks and valleys, but ultimately – it all worked out. Mm-hmm. I don't think that automatically means so that we could just assume that the secondary is going to be spot on again this season. It's a right. new year. Uh, things change. I, they're all obviously working to get better. Better. I'm not denying any of their, their work ethics or anything like that. But, you know, a lot of times success, we say success, you know, leads to complacency. I'm not saying the Bucks are getting complacent, but with all the positivity that they had last year, not everything's going to go right. So it's how they deal with those adjustments and 
if they start struggling, what do they decide to go with from there? Do they do they stay with one of the guys? Do they go to the cockroach? Do they maybe, I don't know, try to get Mike Edwards on the field? So they put Winfield in, in nickel or put Edwards in nickel. I'm not saying they're going to, but I want to see what happens if an issue does come around, which I'm sure it will at some point. That's just the nature of football. Not everything's yeah. going to be uh, not everything's going to be perfect. So what what's right. the first go to move when not everything's all set? Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point because there's going to be when that adversity strikes. How do you respond to it? And they did last year at times, but also yeah, over the last two years, uh, over the two years under Bruce Arians, the Bucks have lost less games, less games per player or something like that to injury than any other team in the league. Yeah. So they have been, even with the loss of Vea, which they had to overcome, and OJR to a degree, they had to overcome. You know, they've still been a relatively healthy team comparatively to the rest of the league. A lot of it's because they're such a sports science-oriented team, I think, that goes a long way. Some of it is just luck, right? Some injuries are just straight up, like Vea to Vea. You can do a sports talk all day. Like, yeah. when a guy flies into your leg when it's playing. Right, it's, yeah. You know, that, oh, so that guy's like, injury prone. Yeah, right. he's injury prone because someone right. accidentally knocked into him. Right, right, yeah. right. So uh, they do as good a job as you can at that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still definitely a challenge. Hey, huge shout out to Michelle Saban over at Sports Talk Florida because she got us these clips. Yes, thank I'm you, Michelle. Pumped. They're uploaded. They're ready to go. Are you ready? Here's AB's catch. I don't think it's been seen before. I don't think it's out there on the web anywhere. So here we go. Here's AB's juggling catch over Caleb Farley. A little predictable and they, that they run on first down so often. I think the Bucks could run into a situation where... I think it recorded your voice talking on the podcast while I clicked Yeah, it. I was like, I hear myself. <laughs> I was like, I know I did radio this morning, but that was at 7.30. That wasn't like, during why? practice. <laughs> and I think it probably did that for the Tyler Johnson too because I had to do it live on the air because I just got home from practice. She just sent the email at like yeah. 3.59 with the clips in it. So I'm like trying to upload them, but huge shout out Michelle Saban. That was still a sick catch by AB, even if you heard Matt's voice over it. Here's another one. You'll probably hear Matt's voice again because it probably clipped his audio <laughs> by accident as well. thought I'd turn the speaker option off when it's I clipped good. it. But here's Tyler Johnson on a double move. Uh, is slant and go to win pretty easily for a touchdown. In playing a lot with the second string guys, and I know Bruce Arian said, oh, well, he didn't get enough reps with the first team. I don't. I think it's awesome to hear your voices. I was there. hoping I'd be talking about Tyler Johnson how I was before. That would, that would be have perfect. been funny. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been great? Oh, we're not that yeah. good yet, but still good to see those things. I mean, I think it's fun to get the clips in there and see. Oh yeah, absolutely. The fans love it. We used to be able to to videotape everything, and oh. uh, that changed. Oh. But uh, it oh, was that awesome because be, be awesome. you uh, you'd be able to get every single play and. A lot of the colleges, uh, you know, especially with the second and third string guys, you post a video of uh, one of those guys that makes a good play and you tag their yeah. school in it or someone from wherever they played sees it. Uh, it gets a lot of views that way, too. So right. there's always something for everyone in, in those training camps. Sorry, I've missed a lot of the comments uh, because I've been trying to edit those videos and get them up and change the formats of them so we could get them on the show. Um, I see questions about Brady. What? Brady did not throw any picks today, I don't think. Is that are you asking about yesterday? Yesterday, yesterday he had a threw, couple. Yeah, three, I want to say. One was in one-on-ones, and you're only throwing to one guy in one-on-ones. And if he's not open, which this dude was not open, you're gonna throw it anyway. So I don't really yeah. count that. But um the other two, one was I think one was the one that got tipped. It got tipped at the line of scrimmage, and then it tipped 
off of Gronk's hands, and then the other corner oh, yeah. was like right over there. That might have been one. And then one was Amani Hooker underneath. Some and nobody was there in front of routes. It looked like a busted route, or I'm not yeah. sure what happened, but um maybe the receiver read it wrong or read it right and they won another way. And I don't know what happened, but then I can't remember the other one. I can't, maybe there was just three then maybe those were the three. Yeah. Um, yeah. I nothing concerning so. for sure. Uh, I mean, not that I would care about a 22 year vet throwing a couple of picks in practice, but I don't think there yeah. were any picks today in practice. Somebody asked about uh, Michael Henderson says they're concerned about Kappa. I heard he wasn't practicing too well. Michael, let me know where you heard that. And I'll try to see if we can get to the specific part of what, but Kappa's played great in camp. I mean, he did not play well on Saturday in six snaps for sure, but in camp, he's been really good. And one-on-ones, he's been really good. So Yeah, I thought the whole yeah. starting offensive line as a whole was Yeah, today was good. Solid. I mean, it was right. really good in today's there practice. There was a red zone play where uh, earlier in the session, not the end of the practice red zone that I was just describing, but earlier they did like red zone from like the 20, I think, and yeah. 15 or something. And Brady um, dropped back to pass. Nobody was open, holds the ball. Protection's really good. And then all of a sudden, like he's pumping, pumping, and still nobody's, you know, nobody's around him, like nobody's sacking him. And and so he throws, he lofts one up kind of for Gronk, who broke off his route and broke back toward the middle of the end zone. He just kind of reaches up with guys coming around and just pulls in the ball with one hand. I was like, all right, <laughs> that was pretty sick. Um, so yeah, no, there was uh there was good things from him and the protection in general, I thought was that play and others were were really good. Gronk had a good day again, bouncing back from from uh yesterday where he struggled some, I thought. So Overall, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crisp and clean all the way around. You mentioned Darden. Yeah, a couple of combat catches he needed to come up with. I'm trying to think of other negatives. I didn't see O-line, D-line one-on-ones today. Um, Bucks had did have a couple nice runs. It's always hard to gauge that. Where did he actually get tackled? Yeah. You've broken that tackle. Right. Yeah. When do we blow the whistle to blow a run play dead? I, you know, who knows? Um, but, yeah, that was about the extent of it, I think, in terms of that stuff. After practice, what Arians had to say, I mean, there weren't – a ton of huge observations from what he had to say, but it does Blaine Gabbert's going to start on Saturday. That doesn't surprise anybody because he already said the starters probably weren't uh, going to play. So um, what else did he say? Robert Hainsey not playing on Saturday. He's been practicing. Robert yeah. Hainsey runs sprints behind the rest of the team during practice. Like when he's not in, he runs sprints by himself behind. He's the, the most like, active, inactive yes. person. That, uh, <laughs> well, now he's And now he's active. Well, now he's, he's active, but when he, yeah. yeah. But he, yeah, he, Aaron said he's got his fingers crossed that Hainsey will practice next week and play in the game next week. Play in the game, right? Um, which would be, which would be big. I mean, I think that he needs those reps still. Oh, I yeah. wish he was playing Saturday, but and so Nick Leverett might be starting at center. Uh, he has not got a ton of reps there. It's going to be an adventure. He's played all five O line spots. I kind of yeah. feel bad for him. Like if he had just played one spot, like some of these guys, he might have had an even better camp. Now it's like that's so true. Hard. I mean, left tackle, right tackle. Yeah, the Bucks guard, are right uh, guard, the center. Bucks are really thin at center. It's crazy. I mean, they, every center's gotten hurt. It's the only position like John Molshin's hurt now, so he's out of the lineup right now. Uh, Donnell Stanley already got let go. Hainsey's not playing. Uh, you know, they don't want to play Jensen, obviously. Um, right. He did say kind of by the backup is Ali Marpet, who right. obviously won't be playing either. Yeah. So the backup, they're probably going to go into week one as Ali Marpet is the backup. My guess will be unless Hainsey just goes lights out and goes berserk and on on the last preseason game, he'll probably be the inactive O lineman the first week, or maybe there'll be two inactive O linemen. Or now they usually usually eight are active, right? Is am I right about that? Yeah, it's that's normally the okay, case. Okay, so Stinney and Wells for sure, and then we'll see who wins the ninth spot. But 
Hainsey could be inactive to start the season just because he doesn't have enough reps, but then he yeah. could be your backup center by the time, you know, if he gets enough reps and, he, and they feel like he's gotten enough time playing. You know, he yeah, what a jump. Center. What yeah. a jump, right? You miss like half a training camp, but then you're yeah, essentially yeah. the next guy waiting. Could be the next guy up. You never know. It really depends on how much, uh, uh, how much, how many strides he kind of makes uh, in terms of from now and or from next week, I guess, in that first preseason game to like the first regular season game, whether he'll be active or not, I think. Um, he did mention Bruce mentioned a couple guys. He 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 was admitted that he hadn't seen a ton of special team stuff, but um, he mentioned that D Delaney won a special team draft. That continues to be his boy, D Delaney. Yeah. He shouted him out several times. Um, D Delaney showed up out there. That's the only one I saw. Just whoosh, beat the coverage clean. He's like, all right, well, Nate Brooks split a double team vice and got just yeah. absolutely attacked and drew a flag. I'm like, everyone went on. crazy on that play too. The whole sideline yeah. was hyping it up. Yeah, Nate Brooks was good today in that session. Um, Antonio Hamilton was good in that session. Joe Tryon, somebody yeah. said somebody said to Bruce after practice, said, Joe Tryon, I saw you want to rep. I think Rick Stroud said to Bruce, and Aaron's like, yeah, but that one wasn't really Yeah, it wasn't fair. He was on the inside. It wasn't fair. <laughs> well, I think he was just saying the other dude couldn't hold his jock. So, <laughs> like Essentially. You know, that was a special teams rep, too. Um, KJ Brink on the fight on special teams, but he also had some good moments. Who was it that got or Herb Miller got beat up pretty good a couple times on special teams today? I don't here and there. He's not the gunner that Nate Brooks and Antonio Hamilton are. So we'll see if that determines that Herb whether Herb's gonna make it or not in this roster. But that's it's some things are gonna come down to that, right? For that last spot. And I guess D Delaney had a good play. I didn't even see his play where he had a good rap apparently on as a gunner. So lots yeah, I mean Aaron loves him. He's talked about him a lot between the game and then after practice today. So uh, see, clearly his job's not locked in or safe, yeah. but I mean, he's got to be, I, I keep saying leader in the clubhouse. I was trying to like find something else to say, cause I keep saying that, but he seems like one of the leaders right now for that special teams job. If coach keeps talking about you, it seems like you're in a good spot to make the team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that it's uh it's, it's a good, good point. I think that there's definitely something to be, yeah, there's that special team sessions and how they go in the preseason games are going to be huge. His uh, to blame from that. his career trajectory is crazy too. He like played at the Citadel and then transferred to Miami. He signed as an undrafted free agent with the Jaguars. He played for the Jaguars, Miami, the Jets, and Washington. And he didn't play for anyone last season with mm -hmm. the with the COVID season. So yeah, uh, his his career travels has been pretty crazy and just. I think three or four seasons. Yeah. I didn't even, uh, there's some guys I haven't even seen the last two days, like against the Titans that I would have liked to see. And it's just impossible. People have no idea the, it, uh, everybody's like, send us video clips like every day on our Twitter, like send video. We're not even allowed to do that after like the first few minutes of practice to get video, first of all, but early on, yeah. you're like getting video, trying to see your phone in the, who's summer. in, who's out. Like, yeah. Who's, in, who's out. Especially today, like half the team came out without their pads on and we're like, Oh, they're doing a lot of vets arresting today. Right. And they were just like goofing around before it was like, all right, these guys aren't even warming up really. Um, and then everybody goes in and gets their pads on like last minute. So we're like, Oh, all these guys aren't hurt at all. So, uh, but it's been fun. I mean, the joint practices have been good. I definitely think they got a lot out of the joint practices. Great to see a different look to adjust going into the second day and to respond the way that they did. It shows me a lot about this team. And so uh, very good day, very fun to cover and a lot to look forward to as they move through the rest of the training camp and the preseason and get ready for week one. Devin White was talking a little bit about week one today. So 
be uh, fun. It won't see starters until September 9th. No, that's not true, Alien. I believe that they're playing in the last game. Aaron oh. said they're going to play a pretty good yeah. amount in that. In I that agree with game. you, though, Alien, that that is a bad idea. I disagree with Bruce Arians. He's obviously smarter than me, but I would not play start. I would have played starters in this game. And then I, you know, yeah. unless you felt like the practices were good, and then I wouldn't have. Um, but then I, but I wouldn't have played them at all in the, in the last game. Um, I know it's like 14 days till they play after the last game still, but I still wouldn't have done it. So it's been fun. Fans have been lit. I mean, there weren't even that many fans today, but oh my goodness, they were so loud. Yeah. Oh, and, and Titans players. And like, remember what Gronk said yesterday after practice? They, they asked him about, the overall crowd noise from the first preseason yeah. game. He said it was louder at that preseason game than it was in the Super Bowl. He might be which full is, of it, but <laughs> that's what he said, man. We Did can only think, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're not at the Super Bowl, but uh, I, yeah, I wasn't I don't know. Wasn't at the game. So I don't know. It was, uh it was yeah, like, I mean, how can I it had to be louder at the Super Bowl? It's the freaking Super Bowl. They won yeah. they won the Super Bowl at home for the first first right. time ever in NFL history that happened. Right. It was a pretty good crowd for the preseason games, right? I don't have anything to compare it to in terms of I haven't been at other. Yeah, it, it looked like fun. your standard preseason game, especially yeah. with the, the weather being what the it weather, was. Right, right. right. Good point. So. All right. Well, tell, tomorrow we're off on the podcast, but Saturday after the game, we are back on the podcast. The Pewter Report podcast is so close to 5,000 subscribers. I think we're like less than 50 away or something like that. We're close. Um, from 5,000 subscribers. There. So. Help get us to 5,000 subscribers right now. If you're not subscribed to the Peter Report podcast on YouTube, please search Peter Report TV, find the Peter Report podcast, hit the subscribe button, click that bell for the notifications for when we go live if you would like to receive those because most days during the week were 4 p.m. But then there are times after games, the post-game pod, which is my unbiased opinion. I think it's the most fun pod of the week. I mean, it's one of them. I don't know they're all fun, but. Yeah. That pod is a lot of fun after the games. We're usually live about 45 minutes to an hour after the game ends. We got a great popping atmosphere on last Saturday, and we'll have one again this Saturday after that game, breaking down how all the backups performed and what we can glean from that. Tons of camp battle of battles will be decided in this game. There's the next cut uh, after this game. They're cutting, what, five more? And then the rest of the cuts happen after the third game, I think. But after this game, they're going to have a great idea who they're keeping and who they're not. Um, Arians has kind of said that already, right? Like, Big yeah. games for Cody McElroy, big games for Brad Seaton, those kind of players. If they play really well, it's going to go a long way to determine who makes this 53-man roster. So lots to glean, lots to find out. Appreciate y'all jumping in or tuning in with us, enjoying this podcast with us. We'll be back Saturday night after the Bucks play the Titans at 7.30 p.m., I believe, uh, is that game. Yep. So we'll be live after that one. Until then, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Please donate to Mark Cook and Mark's family's uh, GoFundMe page if you can. Please miss you, Mark. Out.